All right. Well, welcome everyone. Today's December 10th, 2019, and this is SMB's weekly Options Tribe webinar. Uh, I want to welcome everyone, especially those of you who are here for the first time. The Options Tribe meets every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. throughout the year. And the idea of the Options Tribe is that we bring options trading experts from all over the world to our community each week in order to uh, expose you to some information that will help you to uh, improve your skills as an options trader. That's our goal for the Options Tribe. So I wanted to point out before we get started that SMB Training is not a broker-dealer. We're doing these webinars for educational purposes only. Today's presentation will contain no live positions. Everything's hypothetical and therefore not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. I'd also like to point out that options trading is risky. Your online broker has a document which explains those risks. So please get that document. Make sure you read it, understand it carefully. And then if you do start uh, trading options, you're going to want to do so on a very small basis relative to your net worth and your net income, especially at the beginning of the process because you are going to be on a learning curve as to how options respond to varying marking conditions. And if you, uh, while you're on that learning curve, you absolutely want to be on the smallest possible uh, capital level uh, until you've experienced pretty much every uh, experience you can as an options trader. And then, then at that point, it may be safer to increase your capital level. That's really important. So with that, I want to welcome back John Locke, who's been here uh, scores and scores of times. I was looking today, and it looks like we have had you on something like 40, over 40 times since we got started in May of 2011, John. So 40 you get the, times, really? Yep. Yeah, wow. I think so. I think so. <laughs> and um, so we've got um, you know a lot of material on OptionsTribe.com, which we'll talk about a little bit later as far as John's presentations. And uh, so um, we're really excited to have him back. Uh, this is December. And uh, December is a time of change because we're about to move into the new year, 2020. And um, the markets undoubtedly will continue to evolve and change. And options income traders need to learn how to respond properly and profitably to changing market conditions. And so that's what John wants to talk about today. And then at the very end of the meeting, we're going to have a really special opportunity for everyone. So I want to make sure everyone sticks around to hear about that tremendous opportunity. So, John, welcome back, and uh, I am going to give you the desktop. And are we good to go? We are good to go. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our special webinar, uh, webinar today about the M21 trading strategy. You went over all the disclaimer stuff, so we'll just kind of skim past that. That's right. And uh, just, just for those of you who may not be familiar with me, I'm John Locke. I'm a trading performance life coach and success coach specializing in trading performance and psychology for LockingYourSuccess.com. I train retail traders, professional traders, hedge fund managers. We have uh, other coaches and other mentors from other companies. So we do a lot um, within the trading community. As you'll find out, or as many of you may know, I've also developed many powerful trading strategies, one of which is a way to produce very adaptable, high probability, high yielding trading plans for the purpose of increasing your probability of winning trades and improving your profits. Two free resources that we offer. One is gonna be thewinningtrade.com. We'll find free examples of powerful, high-probability trading strategies. So you can head right over there, there to thewinningtrade.com and you'll find out how to learn about the strategies as well as how to receive free bonus information on them. We have another free resource, Trading Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things related to skyrocketing your performance as a trader, regardless of what trading strategy you trade. It's all great stuff. It's all free. So I encourage you to go ahead and check that out and start improving your trading today. And speaking of free stuff, we're also going to be having a virtual holiday party that's going to be open to the public. And you can attend. You can ask myself and my coaches and some other successful traders some questions. It's going to be a lot of great information. It's going to be a lot of fun, how people are doing and you know the way they're looking at the market and what they're going to be doing going forward. So if you're interested in registering for that, then... Just go over to lockingyoursuccess.com slash blog and, uh, or just go to the main website and then click on the blog. Then you can just click on the link here and you can register for the successful Options Trader virtual holiday party. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. We usually have a good time there. So let's move on. So an important question I have for everybody 
is that what is the biggest challenge traders face in becoming consistently profitable over long periods of time? Now, this is, this is what some most people will tell me that they want to do. So what's the biggest challenge with that? Well, the biggest challenge that I've seen is that most people hunt for a strategy or set of strategies that they can utilize in the same manner all the time. And markets change. So have you ever heard these sayings? Have you ever heard, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got? And another one that's really common is uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a, a different result. Now, these sayings imply that if you do the same thing all the time, you're always going to get the same result. But that's not exactly right. Okay. But going with that, does it mean that when we finally tr find a trade that tested with good results, and then does that mean that all we need to do is to keep doing the same trade consistently and we're going to continue to get res good results consistently forever? Is that what that means? That's what a lot of people seem to think that it means because that's what they're look looking for and trying to do. What I want you to do is I want you to consider the equation that that statement is based off of. An action applied to a set of conditions is going to equal a certain result. I call it A plus S equals R, which implies that if we apply a consistent action to a consistent set of conditions, that we can expect a certain result consistently. And I would agree with that. It also means, though, if we change the action, we change the A, and we apply that to the same set of conditions, then we should expect a different result. It also implies that if we apply a if we apply a consistent A or consistent action to a varying set of results, that we should also expect a varying or an inconsistent result. It's just the way the math works. So, did I mention that markets change? <laughs> <laughs> right? The S is changing. The market situation changes. It's not the same all the time. So if we apply a trade concept consistently to a consistent market, then yes, sure, yeah, we can expect a certain result and we can probably expect that result pretty consistently. But if we apply a trade concept consistently to a varying set of market conditions, what should we expect there? We should expect varying or inconsistent results over time. That's simply the way that it works. Now, it's true that we do have very long periods of, of uh, time when the market conditions are relatively the same, but we also have times when they change, and they are going to change in the future. They may go back to somewhat normal. They may stay different. We don't really know necessarily, and we don't know how long they're going to stay uh, different. So back to the initial question, the biggest challenge or the biggest statement, uh, you know, what is the biggest challenge that traders face in becoming consistently profitable long-term? That is they hunt for a strategy or set of strategies that can utilize, they can utilize in the same manner all the time and markets change. So if we take our equation and we understand that markets do change and we truly want the most consistent results, then we must effectively change our what? We have to change our actions as those markets change. So to thrive in changing markets, options income traders must change along with those markets. Realize that there is a huge, huge difference between a high probability trade and a high probability and high probability trading. Blindly entering the same high probability trade consistently regardless of what's happening in the market is not the same as high probability trading. Mm -hmm. Realize that. You really need to internalize that. High probability trading is utilizing every resource at your disposal in a way that gives you the highest probability of making as much money as possible with the least amount of risk given the current market situation. This is where your consistency is going to start coming in is when you start creating trading plans that utilize high probability trading strategies in a way that creates a great risk-reward profile and has a high probability of being profitable within the context of the current market situation.
These are the factors that have to come together. And that's what the M21 is about. It's about truly putting all, all the odds in your favor. So the program, we wanna, you wanna educate yourself to fully understand positioning, which is what your focus should really be on actually when you're trading a trade by the rules. So if you're trading a trade by the rules consistently every month or you're back testing a trade consistently the same way every month, your focus shouldn't be on winning all the time. Your focus should be on understanding that strategy and when it does well, where the opportunities are in that strategy and where the problems are in that strategy. And every strategy, it doesn't matter what it is, is going to have those dynamics. Also, you want to educate yourself on understanding the market situation and how that positioning, whatever it happens to be, or the positionings you're doing, how they interact with different market situations. And you want to use that information from that point. Once you gain the understanding of the strategies, you understand how the positions interact with the market, you want to create truly high probability strategies for a specific situation. So with the M21, what we do is we utilize three powerful trading strategies, right, that a lot of people trade the same way every month to month, but we utilize these strategies and we combine them synergistically. So we utilize the M3, the bearish butterfly and the rock. The M3 is probably the most time-tested proven strategy and the most live traded strategy over the last 10 years of anything that you've seen on the marketplace. Um, high probability, low drawdowns, uh, and it's, a, it's great for teaching position management because that's what it was intended for. Then we have the bearish butterfly, which has also been time-tested. It's been around for a really long time. A lot of people have traded this in the live markets with good results over the years. And that teaches you how to handle the, our high delta, high um, gamma positions. And then we have the rock strategy, which has been our highest performing trading strategy pretty consistently and by far, sometimes doubling or tripling some of the other strategies uh, over the last 10 years, the, um, you know, the rock position teaches you how to dynamically adapt to market conditions, both on the entry um, and during the trade, based on how it looks. So these are all very good strategies on their own. But what we're doing with them is we're taking these strategies and we're utilizing certain technical analysis procedures to determine the market environment that we're actually encountering. And then we're creating a trading plan custom designed for that given situation. And we're adding in, uh, and then within the program itself, we're adding in trading psychology to help you follow that plan. And then we're adding in trade execution lessons to help you make live trades as efficiently as possible. That's essentially what the M21 trading system is. Um, now, one of the things with this thing is you don't necessarily have to use the M3, the bearish butterfly, and the rock within the context. We show uh, how to do it with those strategies, and I would suggest doing those strategies. As far as I'm concerned, those are the best strategies as far as from a rule-based standpoint on, on the market, in the marketplace. But um, you can also use it with other types of strategies. So it's not just about the strategies. It's about the, adapt the adaptation and learning how to read the market. So some challenges that people have as soon as the words technical analysis come out of my mouth are, uh, you know, I don't understand it or I've tried it before and it doesn't work to determine direction. And, you know, fine, awesome. You know, I, I don't have a problem with those statements. We teach you how to do technical analysis in the program, so that's not really a problem. Um, and we're not trying to determine direction from our technical analysis. What we're trying to do is, uh, is create probabilities. Right? We call ourselves high probability traders. And you know, why are we gonna take a whole segment of odds or, 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 or a whole segment of information and why are we gonna throw it away? Right? There are certainly, you know, you, technical analysis may not determine uh, direction with 100% reliability, which is what most people expect it to do, which is, you know, that's complete crap. You're right, it doesn't work for that. But it certainly is very telling when we start, we can put, certainly put probabilities a lot of the time in our technical analysis where the market is more likely to do one thing than another. And if it's only 5% more likely to do something than something else, that is what they call a, an edge, my friend. And I can tell you that a lot of institutional hedge funds would die for a 5% edge. And you don't want to take that and throw that out the window. You want to apply that to your trading so that you can do better, you can make more money. So. 
um, we teach you how to utilize technical analysis to analyze the market and greatly improve your odds as an income trader to improve the edge as a trader. So the benefits of doing something like this is we can avoid trades that are destined to lose. Uh, I do something called the Options Trading for Income every Monday morning for our members. And when, we there, when we're there, we place trades. We have a bunch of guidelines-based trades that we use, and we pr place them you know, by the guidelines without subjectivity month after month after month after month. We've been doing this for, what, 13 years now. And um, oftentimes I'll come in and we'll see a trade entry and I'll just say it right out. And I said, this trade has a very high probability of losing. So it might be a trade that wins 90% of the time, but under these specific conditions, it has a very high probability of losing because the conditions are set up in a way where it's going to be problematic for that particular trade. There's also other times when I say, it's time to put on a trade and the conditions are fantastic. And this is like a slam dunk winner. I don't even really have to, I know I'm going to have to think about the trade. So these are um, ways you can avoid entering trades that are destined to lose if you understand these concepts. So another thing you can do is you can avoid placing adjustment points where you're likely to get whipsawed or where you're likely to have areas of, uh, of poor execution. So certainly from a technical level, you know, you know, as an income trader, Perhaps in the past, you didn't look at certain technical levels, but I can guarantee you that all the directional traders and the people who influence the implied volatility in the market and how fast the market moves, they're all looking at those levels. And there's spots where they're going to make it, where it's going to be very difficult for you to make trade adjustments. And there's spots where it's going to be very easy for you to make trade adjustments, depending on what's going on in the marketplace. And you can avoid placing adjustment points where those levels are. You can avoid getting whipsawed. You can, um, you can, you can modify your trade rules so that you don't need to deal with those areas like 90% of the time. It makes the trade go a whole lot smoother. Um, you can get better trade execution on entries, exits, and adjustments. Right? Everybody's always talking to me about slippage this, slippage that. I mean, if you're trying to adjust down when the market's going down, you're trying to adjust up when the market's going up like hell, yeah, your trade execution is going to suck and you're not, probably not going to get, and you might get what you call slippage. But I can also guarantee you if you're smart about it, not, probably 80% of the time, you can do better than what you might expect to do on just, you know, on just doing the trades in option view. In other words, you'll click the trade, you'll click the trade in option view at whatever the mid prices are. You can do live, you can live trade, you can get better pricing a lot of times than what option view is going to show you or, or, or whatever analytical software you're going to do on the trading. Not if you're ignoring things and you're always adjusting at the wrong times, but if you do it a little bit more intelligently, you can do that. So again, that's another edge. If I can beat my um, analytical software on what I'm executing stuff for, that is a further edge. And that's all what it's about, creating more and more edge for yourself. So, And um, the other thing that's really good about this is that it helps you more easily recognize when market conditions change. So by setting up a set of expectations, you may or may not be right in those expectations. And as a matter of fact, I would uh, venture to say, or, or I'd even say that a lot of times, possibly even a majority of the times you're going to be wrong in one way or another on your thoughts about what the market's going to do in the future. But you can recognize very easily when market conditions change. So when new information comes into the market, new pricing information, new volatility information comes into the market, you can recognize that and you can put a meaning on that and then you can adapt your position. If, it's, if whatever that means that new information means is going to be a problem for your position, you can adapt your positions often mid-trade to something that better fits the market. So these are, are some really great benefits that you can have. Um, with the technical analysis, we're gonna teach you support and resistance, price patterns, market cycles, moving average extensions, cross index analysis across multiple timeframes uh, so that we can determine uh, when high probability opportunities are present in the market as well as where dangers are in the marketplace for a particular uh, strategy. And most importantly, we teach you how to create plans that are appropriate for those conditions. So in this program, we utilize the M3, the bearish butterfly, and the rock strategies, and we do that subjectively 
Not only will we swap from strategy to strategy, but we'll also modify the rule base within the strategies depending on what we're trying to accomplish with a particular situation. Uh, we teach you how to properly analyze the market and determine probabilities. You can learn how to create custom trade plans for each trade cycle that maximizes your probability of winning, eliminates the fear that the market may uh, eliminate the fear that the market may be different in the future. This is a good one, right? So a lot of traders they come in and they backtest. Really, this is the, the extent of the knowledge, right? You're going to go in and you're going to backtest the strategy. You're going to tweak it until it did well over the past. No matter what, how you say that or what you do with it, you're form-fitting that strategy of the past. You're form-fitting decisions. You're form-fitting luck in the direction of the market when you're form-fitting that to the past. And as long as the past is the same as the future, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but most of the time, it's not. A lot of times, it's similar to the past, but it's not the same as the past, which means a lot of the decisions you made in your backtesting, things are actually going to turn out differently in the future. You can't depend on those numbers to duplicate themselves going forward. If that's all you know, though, if that's all you've done is you've come in and you've ignored the market and you've done these back tests and you've form-fitted your, your trading strategy to the past in the marketplace, you're not going to be very confident if the market changes that you're going to know, first of all, that you're even going to be able to identify that the market changed other than the fact that you lost. And you're, there's no way you're going to be confident that you're going to know what to do when the, if that ever happens to you. How, why would you be? You wouldn't be because you don't understand the market and you don't necessarily understand why a trading strategy, you know, from that process, you wouldn't understand the market. You wouldn't understand why that trading strategy might be working nor why it may stop, quote unquote, working. Um, uh, Stephen, one of my coaches says, well, the trading strategy always works the way that it was designed to work. It just doesn't win all the time. Um, <laughs> so, so the trading strategy is always working. It's just that sometimes they, they, don't, they don't win, you know, according to what it's supposed to do. They just don't win according to the marketplace. So, um, but anyway, that eliminates that fear because if you understand the marketplace, you understand different types of strategies, and you understand when they're going to work, then uh, work well or or be profitable. Um, you understand what to do when things happen. And that gives you more confidence, gives you the skills to become confident, what we call a confident, competent, adaptable trader. And that's the main benefit that I see behind the program. So I'm just going to, and if there's any questions, Seth, you can let me know too if anybody has any I questions. I did actually but. get one question in John, which was, sure. um, he under this uh, attendee knows the system was developed using option view software. Is there an adjustment to the delta parameters to use option net explorer software instead of option view? If you're using M3 Bearish Butterfly in Rock Trades, um, you really should be using Option View software. You shouldn't be using Option Net. Uh, that said, you can use, if you have, say, three different broken wing butterfly strategies that you use that you know, um, you know them very well and you understand where they do well and where they do poorly and you trade them in O&E, you can take all the concepts within the program, you can apply those trades to what's going on. But if you're using the M3 Bearish Butterfly and Rock, you should definitely be in, in option view. should be in option view. Um, well, actually, once you get to a certain point, you can actually throw that out throw that out because um, I will do one of these in um, – so, in other words, there's a multi-leveled answer to this. If you're a beginner, you should be an option view, period. Okay, mm -hmm. so let me, as far as this, if you're a beginner, more a beginner in the in the strategies and you're trading the bearish butterfly, the rock, and the M3, you should be an option view, period. There's just no, there's no uh, question of that. If you're a very advanced trader and you're using, and you, you know, you understand the way O&E reacts in, in, in relation to these positions, then you can really use any analytical software. And I would even go as far as to say, sometimes I don't use any analytical software at all. I just know in my head what's going on, mm -hmm. on how I'm positioned, or I can even just look and think or swim. But I'm not relying on that software to say, I have to adjust it 50 delta or whatever. Okay, so if you're still at the stage of saying, I have to adjust at 50 delta and I'm using that number and I'm not making any mental adaptations for all the stuff that's going on and the analytical software, then I would use the option view. You know, at some point it doesn't, you know, you can, you can make mental compensations for that. So anyway, um, thank you. Okay. All right. That was the only question we had so far.
Cool. Okay, so if I look at something like this and realize that, first of all, the M21, it takes you through a whole process of analyzing the market long-term, and I'm talking like over the last 20 to 30 years, um, all the way down to 15 minutes, or I think maybe we go an hour, all the way down to the hourly chart. Okay, so we're going to look at stuff across multiple time frames, and we're going to come across, and we're going to, and we're going to know where our long-term support and resistance are. We're going to know where, where, all what our, what our, all our long-term and short-term levels are. But if we were just to simplify this down and dumb this down, and you know, just so that we can get through a, a short presentation, if I just look at this chart, there's a couple of things that I know, right? I know that. And I'm looking at the Russell here. I know that the Russell is ranging between about 1450 and about 1610 or so. I know I know it's doing that, right? 1610, 1620. I also know the speed at which it's moving. So I have these channels, right? I could take this channel, I could apply it to this, and I could apply it to this. It's about the same slope. I could apply it to this move, it's about the same slope. I could apply it to this move, it's about the same slope. It's doing the same thing over and over again. I can also take my down channel, I can apply it to this down channel, I can apply it to this down channel, I can apply it to this down channel. I know how I know how fast the market's moving up and down. I can see that. I can come in here and I can I know what the market's been doing over the last so many cycles. I know what's been coming up, running sideways, going down, coming up, running sideways, going down, coming up, running sideways, going down. Right? I can see all that stuff come up again. It did something a little bit different here, but in general it did the same thing. And we're not talking about specifics. I mean, we're in high probability strategies that can withstand a decent amount of movement. We're not trying to be exactly right. We're just getting an idea of what's going on. So I could take this and I can look at this and I can say, oh, look, the market bounces off of this level. It's, it's, it's coming up in the trend channel, the same speed trend channel I've been looking at the whole time pretty much. And it's coming into a, a it's overextended, coming into a resistance level where it's likely to do what? You know, it's likely, and I don't know what it's going to do, but I know it's likely to probably stall, run sideways, and then come down. And how fast is it going to come down? It's going to come down this fast. If I know that, I can say, well, to me, that's the most probable move. Now, other people might have a different opinion. Somebody else might have the opinion that it's going to come up here, and this is the time it's going to break out, which is fine. Because we're going to plan for all the scenarios, but we're not going to plan to win in all the scenarios. So we're choosing where we're going to put our risk. We're choosing where we're going to lose the trade. Now, a lot of people have challenges with this. I mean, I have a lot of people who won't do a bullish vertical because they can see if the market goes down, they're going to lose. But let me tell you something. If the reason you won't do a bullish vertical is because you can see you're losing scenario, and the reason you're doing a you know broken wing butterfly or whatever trade is because you don't understand or you can't see you losing scenario. You have a problem meant you know from a psychological level as a trader, and you also have an understanding problem of trading. You know if your strategy is I'm going to enter this trade and I'm going to do whatever it takes to win the trade. That is where people run into trouble. That's where people get blown out in 2000, you know, things like 2000, early 2018, when we have that volatility blowout. And in um, other scenarios like that, it's because they're trying to force, they're trying to not allow for the losing scenario. But as you found out, at least in, in that environment or in a lot of other situations as well, that losing scenario does exist. So if you're, if, if, if you're um, entering some sort of a, a broken wing butterfly strategy where you don't, know consciously and you're not completely aware of what your losing scenario is in that trade, then you don't understand the trade. And you're not looking at trading in a way that's going to be beneficial for you um, as a trader. Because all you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, you're trying to just ignore that there's a losing scenario. You know, it's like having, you know, a rat, you know walking through rattlesnakes and pretending they're not there. You know, you're just, you're just hiding it from yourself, you're closing your eyes, so to speak, and that's not the best way to trade. So even if you're going to trade that way, even if you're completely non-subjective, you should be completely and fully aware of what your losing scenario is and how bad that losing scenario is going to be. All I'm doing it here is I'm putting my losing scenarios, I'm placing them intentionally, and I'm also intentionally um, limiting what that losing scenario is more than just saying, 
if I hit the hit a max loss number, right? You know, as you found out, a max loss number, or a lot of people found out, a max loss number is not the amount you're going to get out at it a lot of times. And if you're trying to keep this really flat T plus zero line, sometimes you're going to drastically exceed that number. I can control this my that number a lot better when I do things this way, and because because I'm getting out at, at different times, as I'm going to show you. So. My thought on the market is it's probably going to do something like this. It's probably going to come up, maybe maybe turn here, maybe turn a little bit higher, run sideways for a while. It's going to come down. It's going to come down at what pace? It's going to come down at this pace. This line here is nothing, marks nothing except for my, uh, my expiration of my options so that I have an idea of where the market's likely to be when the options expire. Now, I don't rely on this happening. This is just what my most likely scenario is. I have another scenario in this particular case that I also see as fairly likely is that the market turns quickly, again, follows the same path on the way down, comes to a support point, and bounces and ends up up in this area. Now, as the trade plays out, if I run sideways, I'm, I have one expectation. If I come down, I have another expectation. Of course, if I break out, I have other expectations. Um, in the short presentation, we can't define all of them, but let's just define these two for now because these are, uh, these are the, what I thought was going to be most common at the time. So when I do this, I have certain expectations now for the, for the duration of my trade. So I can say, look, hey, you know, just looking at this, the, market, the Russell appears overextended. Um, I know it's having a, it's, it is having a large up move. That's factual. It's nearing a substantial resistance area. That's factual. And one of the things we do here is we always look at the other indexes. So the SPX, the NDX, the Russell, uh, I mean the, uh, the Dow. What are those indexes doing? Because here's the thing. These indexes, they often act pretty much the same way regarding their support and resistance levels and how much power they have in a, to move in a particular direction. So if Russell's overextended, but the SPX and the Dow are in a position where they have a high likelihood of having a hard bounce, then that's going to make the probabilities higher that the Russell's going to continue higher. But if the Russell's coming into a major resistance point and the SPX is coming into a major, major resistance point and the Dow's coming into a major resistance point and the NDX is coming into a major resistance point, the market no longer has the power, unless there's some kind of overwhelming news environment that happened, the market no longer has the power to push higher. And therefore, it has or has less power to push higher and has less probability of going higher. And we can take advantage of the fact that it has, doesn't have that probability there by placing our risks there. And I can also set up an expected market range. I can say the market, you know, in, in both my scenarios, I'm expecting the market to range between 1450 and 1620. Now that's a big ass range, right? That's a big range. Not all trading strategies are gonna handle that kind of range. So if I'm looking at a trading strategy to apply to this market, there's certain ones that I probably would throw out right away because you know, unless, the, unless there is a change, a lot of trades are going to lose there. So I want to keep that in mind. Um, I also know short term, I really shouldn't be over 1620. It pushes up, so there's low probability of that. So I, I want to consider that an entry, but I also want to consider my longer term. What if the market moves sideways for 14 days? Because right now on entry, it's overextended. But in 14 days, if we run sideways for 14 days, it's no longer overextended. If I have a 30% pullback, it's no longer overextended, right, if it pulls back off of those levels. So that creates a situation where my probabilities start to shift on me. And I want to be aware of that. I also want to know, too, if – you know, the market might be at 1600 right now, but if the market goes down to 1500, that creates a situation where I have an opportunity to become bullish. Okay, so if I'm in a regular strategy that has, a, that has an adjustment rules to roll back, roll back, roll back, at some point I might not want to do that because now I'm roll that, rolled way back under a support level and now the market's likely to take off in the other direction. In other words, I'm trading with the probabilities against me and I don't want to do that. So these are just some scenario expectations. But I come up with a nutshell statement. I say, well, all the indexes are overextended in the short term. They're near the top of a very wide side raise range. 
Um, my most likely scenario is. I'll usually also say my least likely scenario is. Um, but for this case here, we should enter uh, either. We should either see an extended sideways and then a drop back to support or a direct drop to support. Those are my thesis on the marketplace. If we get a substantial drop to support, I'd expect a strong bounce back towards resistance because that's what the market has been doing. Um, um, uh, an extended sideways move increases the risk of an upside breakout. So I, I know all these things. I've set up my expectations. And depending on how confident I am with those expectations, we're going to adjust our trade size and our maximum loss scenario. So when we're trading, and this is goes, this also goes for if you're just trading the same month, every same trade every single month. The first thing you want to set before you try, before you decide to enter any trade, is what is your maximum loss? What is my maximum loss, and can I deal with that maximum loss? If you can't deal with the maximum loss, you have to be smaller. You have to be smaller. If you can't deal with any loss, then you have to be out of the market. Um, so, number one, with my confidence level, how much am I willing to lose? And I set that number. Now, usually when I'm setting up an M20, M21 trade, I want my maximum loss to be about a third of my potential gain if things go well. So I'm setting up trades that have a three-to-one win-loss ratio. So I want a high-probability trade with a win that is bigger than a loss. I also want to keep an idea of how much total capital I want to put in the trade. I want to um, off, also, my profit expectations are going to be variable during that trade, depending on what the, how the trade plays out. So I'm going to make these expectations in the marketplace, and I'm going to start out with, a say, a three, maybe a 5,000 maximum loss and a $15,000 profit target number, and, but as that trade goes along and whether it's going as expected and I understand it or it's going not as I expect and I don't understand it, those levels are going to change, right? They're going to change uh, as that goes by. So um, I have my expected range. I set in my loss scenario. If I have a move straight up over 1625, I hold the bearish position until I lose, right? Um, if I run sideways or down, uh, and then I get up over 1625, then I can reevaluate. In other words, I can set times where I'm going to stop and reevaluate the situation. Um, and then if I close on to 1445, I'm going to exit and I can reevaluate the situation, decide if I want to go back in or what I want to do. So um, I ask myself questions. What's the best entry for the given situation? Realizing that the best entry is not always a good entry does not make a good trade. And we see this a lot in the bearish butterfly strategy. Most people try and get the absolute best entry for a bearish butterfly strategy. And for those of you who know it, that doesn't that often doesn't make for the best trade because certain things play out during the month. So you may get a really good entry, you may get up money, up, get up money right away, but ultimately that early that that optimal trade entry costs you the trade because if you follow the if you know the rules and the dynamics of the rules, the market was good for that type of entry, but the market wasn't good for that type of trade in the longer term. So you always want to keep that in mind. You want to keep the whole time you're going to be in the trade. So what's the best entry for the given situation? Best expiration months? What, what's the best, best config, configuration? What's the best adjustment strategy if we run sideways? What's the best adjustment strategy if we head down? Is there a point we should change configurations or our adjustment rules? Uh, where and when would my opinions change? And what's to be done if, if or when they do? And realizing any trade I should any trade trade I enter should be able to handle a very wide range and survive, because that's what it's most that's what the market's most likely to do, at least in my opinion. So I want to if I have an opinion, I want to make sure that I do a trade survives that opinion. Uh, always be able to define your define your losing scenario. In this case, a move under fourteen forty or sixteen twenty five is our losing scenarios. Uh, in a nutshell, I want the market. I want to allow the market to go up and pull back off resistance without drawing down too much, uh, and make money during the expected stall near fifteen eighty to sixteen fifteen. So that's my thoughts on the marketplace. So I'm not on a rule based entry date. So a couple of things I want you to notice: I'm not on a rule based entry date. I enter when the opportunity and understanding is available to me. I don't care if it's 50 days to expiration or 80 days to expiration or 30 days to expiration. When I see opportunity and I 
have an understanding of where I can intelligently place risk, that is a good time to enter a trade. What's my best entry? Well, if we're just looking at the M3, the bearish butterfly, and the rock trade, consider we're, we're overextended and we can take on some upside risk. My best entry is going to be a bearish butterfly. However, that does not mean that I'm going to trade the bearish butterfly position throughout the whole trade. If the market continues straight up, then yes, right? Bearish butterfly is probably good, but I'm not going to have a 30% loss trigger. I'm going to have a loss trigger of 10%. Because if the market really does go up that far, the market's being irrational in my point of view, and I don't want to be in that. I don't want to fight a trade down to 30% in that if I in something I don't understand. If the market runs sideways for a length of time, then I can convert to rock rules to limit my delta to the upside. Um, if it heads down, I can I can do a modified bearish butterfly rules to take advantage of ex an expected support bounce. If the support bounce is hard, I can convert into what we call a half delta M3. Um, half delta M3 is essentially a, a bullish M3. So I'm taking the M3 rules and I'm modifying them. Why? Because if I have a bounce, I'm expecting it to go 150 points. And a standard M3, if in a straight up move, I break even. I don't want to break even in a straight up move. I want to make money in a straight up move. So I do something a little bit more aggressive. Um, if by chance we get overextended into resistance again in this position, I'm allowed to go back into a rock conversion off of my M3 positioning if I have time and my opinion is still the same. So I can reevaluate, right? And my course, I have my intentional losing scenarios. So I can take this and I can create some sort of a trading plan. And I, and I like to draw these out in, um, on the chart and actually mark out levels. So I can come in here and I can say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to enter in a bearish butterfly position. I'm going to exit if I close over 1625. I'm going to exit if I close under 1450. Um, I can allow two-thirds of a bearish butterfly, right? So I'm placing my butterfly. Most people who know the bearish butterfly, we enter 20 points under the market. This is entered almost at the money. It's, it's entered that way strategically and for a reason. It's entered that way because I don't want to go three-thirds scaled in and take down a whole bunch of losses if this goes to 16.25 and blows my resistance level. I want to take a small loss if that happens. So I'm going to allow myself to scale in two-thirds. I allow myself to scale in at uh, 1590, and I'm not going to go any further than that. I'm not going to go any further than that. That's as far as the trade goes because it's either going to run sideways or it's going to come down, in which case I win, or it's going to blow off to the upside, in which case I lose. I let, I let it lose for the opportunity of it, if it comes back down into range, that I can make a lot of money. On extended sideways, I want to limit my delta. So one of the things people know about a bearish butterfly is you get in it, you have a nice flat T plus zero line, you can withstand a really big up move, you've been in the trade for 30 days, and then you have a big up move, things get ugly, right? So I know that because I understand the positioning, and I also know if we run sideways that there's a decent chance that the market's probably going to try and push higher. So I'm accounting for that ahead of time. I'm planning on scaling into my rock position uh, in, in 1610s and 1630s as my delta increases and it starts to take on upside risk. Um, if I move down, I use a limited delta bearish butterfly minimal rollback, which we will explain because I'm going to quickly go over that. We don't have much time, so I'm going to do this really quickly. Um, a reversal, we shift to a half delta M3. Um, if I run out my M3, I can look for a possible rock conversion. If we blow under 1450, I don't try and fight it. That's a bad thing. Chances are we're going to have a bad move. I just exit. Okay. Um, if I get to uh, 14 days, uh, okay. No, let's not uh, let's not go there. Let's show the positioning really quickly, and because you have a time limit and I have a time limit, so mm -hmm. um, okay. So I enter this bearish butterfly at the money into something like this. Okay. Uh, I have some notes on dates. So notice this, this is an opportunity-based entry. This is not a date place entry. Usually a bearish butterfly is 56 days. I'm 65 days. I'm 65 days because there's an opportunity. 37 days is too close to expiration for my thesis of the market to work out. So I can go 65 days in November. If I go to uh, 924, whoops. I guess I go to October 1st. Let me go to... Let me go to 924. I don't know why I have that date marked down. 
Oh, okay. So 924, if I'm in a bearish butterfly, and I'll throw out some rules here. Standard bearish butterfly rules is that if I get down to 1530, I'm going to do a rollback to half the money. I'm at 1530. I'm at 1532, actually, but I'm close enough to 1530 where I might consider doing a rollback. Why the hell would I do a rollback here? Okay. And again, this is the um, difference between blindly following rules and making some observations to see what's going on. I'm minus 23 delta. I don't have any downside problem. Why would I roll back? It, would, it, it doesn't make any sense, mm -hmm. right? So I, I can say, well, that rule really shouldn't apply to me here. So I can go a few more days. Well, let me go to the 26th, actually. Right, so the 26th, uh, no, that's not an issue. 27th, right, so now I'm, now I'm actually under my long strike. I'm still negative delta. Why am I going to roll it back? Right, no reason. No reason to do that. So if I go to the first, I finally get to the point where Maybe I'm taking on some downside risk, okay? I'm um, 20 points under my long strike, actually 25 points under my long strike. I'm starting to get positive delta. It's The move's starting to hurt me a little bit. And I'd be interested in rolling it back. Now, normally I'm going to roll it back to have the money, but the thing is here that what am I expecting? I'm expecting the market to bottom out at around 1450, I'm at 1495. A rollback tap to money doesn't make sense there. So I can just roll this back minimally. I can roll, roll, roll this back 20 points. Now, this kind of hurt me, I think, this particular time because the next day we had a bigger down move. Right, We had another 14 points. But same, th same deal. Okay, I'm starting to take on a little bit of positive delta. My gain loss pulled down a little bit, but I'm literally bullish here. So I do a rollback. And I maintain the ability to make my money back as we come back up through the butterfly if we have the bounce, which we, we do do in this particular trade. But it doesn't make sense to roll back to at the money here. And it certainly doesn't make sense to roll back at the money and stay with the bearish butterfly posture as in a bearish butterfly trade if my expectations are I'm going to get a 150-point up move at this point. So I just make this minimal, minimal, um, minimal rollback. And I wait it out. Now, of course, if I break down under 1450, I'm going to exit anyway, and I'll probably exit at a small loss of maybe, you know, a thousand bucks or something. You know, oh well, my plan didn't work out. Not a big deal. So let me pull forward to 1015. We'll just do a progress check. All right, 1015. Everything's going fine. The markets bounce. We're up forty-three hundred dollars. We are. Uh, everything's going well. Now, I have the expectation of what? I have the expectation that if we look at the price charts here, that we're probably coming back up to into this area, sixteen hundred or so. I don't necessarily want to be negative delta, but I don't want to overdo it in any direction either, right? But what I can do is I can. What I'm generally going to do here is I'm going to stay negative delta, or this is the way I would have planned it out. I'm going to stay negative delta usually until I exceed my short strikes. Once I exceed my short strikes, it's game on for what I call a, a half delta um, M3, which is going to cut my – normally on an M3, I'm going to have minus 100 delta in the tent, so I'll be adjusting it minus 50. Right? So in other words, it's going to be a more aggressive uh, trade. So if I come here and I go to – here okay this is the point where i exceed my long strikes and let's see 10 15 10 17 i don't know why it's showing me oh there we go this is the point where i exceed my long strikes and i end up oh okay hold on a second i did something before this on the 16th apparently i did something uh, on the 16th, I actually started cutting my delta back. So let's look at this. So here we are, and we've had the bounce, 
And I'm not really confident where the market's going, but I'm pulling at minus 103 delta in this. That's, you know, from M3, if we know M3, we, we know that if I start pulling over minus 100 delta, then I can, can really start pulling down as far as profit and loss to the downside. Now, I don't want to put a call at 100 delta and flatten this to zero, but what I might be willing to do here is to start cutting this down and keeping it down a little bit. So, I, again, half delta M3 is what, minus 50? minus 50. So in this case here, I'm still under my short strikes, but because my delta is so abnormally negative, I cut it back. Now, the good, the benefits of doing this, if, if I'm wrong and the market actually goes back down and retests support from here, this really doesn't hurt me very much. I'm still negative delta, and it's going to lose some, but it's not going to be bad, and a volatility increase isn't going to really hurt this option. So, so that's a good choice there. If I go to the 17th, Okay, the market goes up and I start pulling, again, more than minus 50 delta, and I just move the call to bring that back. In this place, I go to what, about like a 92 delta call, and now I'm back to about minus 50-ish, and now I'm back in range. Still, decent strategy if we go back to support. So I'm just following my thesis. I'm being a little bit more aggressive than normal. If we go to the 22nd, uh, again, we are making adjustments, and we're making them a little bit quickly, about minus 50 delta. We're doing this. Now, we're up 10%-ish, right? Not yet, but let's uh, go to the 25th here, see if that changes. So the 25th, uh, you know, again, we're starting to pull some negative delta in here, and I'm getting more confident. You know, as we go higher, I'm getting more confident we're likely to stay here from a, uh, from a price standpoint, right? We're likely to come up into here. so. Uh, I'm making my adjustments, continuing to make them fairly aggressively, coming into the zone. If we go to November 1st, what happens is we blow up past uh, our long strikes here. So here we're 14 days to expiration. We're up about $5,800, which is 10% which is of the 50000 I was kind of willing to put in. This is fine to leave. Right, so you know, we were in a trade that you know the point I want to make is 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 other trading strategies won this month as well, but we were in a we we're, we we're in a condition here where we had a very large drop and a very large whipsaw and a very large market, and we really never even drew down, and we're hitting you know like a ten percent type of a profit number. Now from here, I can decide if I want to stay in this position, or if I'm actually still thinking that this is going to range somewhere between like fifteen ninety and sixteen. 20, and I'm going to get out at 16.20 anyway, I can also do a, a rock conversion. If I do a rock conversion, it would put me into something like this. And if I do that, I also want to make a plan for that. I don't want to just randomly go into a rock conversion. Let me see if I can get the PowerPoint up here again. I don't want to randomly go into a rock conversion. So this is what I end up with with that trade, right? The M3 essentially got run ran out, got run out, but this specifically wasn't planned for. In a way, it couldn't have been planned for completely because I'm not sure exactly what position I'm going to be in 45 days into the future sometimes. So what I need to do if I'm going to stay in the trade, right? I'm in a position where an M3 would be rolled up or I could exit or whatever, if I'm going to stay in the trade, I want to make a plan for that. So I can come in here and I can reposition into these rock guidelines and I can say, look, if I'm required to roll this down, I exit. If I'm required to go into bearish butterfly expiration guidelines within my rock trade, I exit. Other than that, I stay in. If I may put those parameters on there, I may not make as much money. I may even lose a little bit of money, but I'm not going to take a big loss, and I have a potential to make a lot more money. All right? So I'll show you how the rest of the way that this is handled quickly and then I'll let Seth talk because we're running really late. So here we are in essentially rock configuration. If we go to the fourth, right, things are going to start becoming more active now. We go to the fourth, right, we're hitting some close to our negative delta limit, minus 250. And again, I'm thinking maybe we go as high as 1625. So I'm just being a little bit proactive adding some more contracts in here to bring it down at 180. This brings us into a position that looks like this. If I go into the fifth, 
right? Same thing. Um, I'm in this case, I'm way over my negative delta. I'm not really gaining any profits because the market's still moving. I'm just waiting for a couple of days stall. That's all it takes at this point. And I can add some contracts in here, and that brings my delta down. <clears throat> um, not down to the normal rock limit though, but it does bring it down. So again, I'm starting. I'm leaving at 16.25. I'm starting to allow a little bit more negative delta because as I go higher, I'm thinking my odds are more likely that we're going to at least pull sideways or back. Go to the eighth. The profits start to come into the trade, right? 11.5. So now we're up around 20-ish percent in the position. And we didn't hit any exit points. Again, we're exiting at 16.25. We're exiting if we have to go into... Uh, reverse rock or whatever, and that's going to be probably around 1580, 1590. Um, from here, it's more a this particular trade is a risk management thing. So I'm doing intelligent things to manage my risk. So we're up 15,000 here, so 30% ish on what we thought. This is what our position looks like. Let me back this off to 10. Right, so if you do a before and after. Uh, let's see, that's an existing, if I do both. And it's not allowing me to do, oh, it's because I didn't do, I don't have this on. All right, so we do a before and after. You see my pulling my risk numbers here mm -hmm. on it so that I could make a little bit more money, but I don't I, I don't really have that big risk on the table anymore. I do that as we get into three or four days to expiration. And, you know, then you can, of course, close the trade out at whatever. It ends up being closed out at um, at around around 17,000, so, you know, 16, 15, 16, 17,000 is what ended up. So, so like a 33, 34% gain on a trading strategy because we were a little bit more common sense, or at the very least, if you wanted to pull out at a 5,800 gain, a 10% gain with a very little drawdown, very little drawdown. So that's, you know, that, that's the advantages of the system is, is just putting more probabilities in your favor and, uh, and that type of thing. So I'm gonna let you go, Seth. Well, I appreciate it, John, and that was obviously an amazing example of um, using the M21 um, planning process in order to, you know, plan out a trade, get a perspective on it, make your decisions. It's just so much more powerful than just painting by the numbers, and uh, that's what makes it, you know, the most advanced course that we sell at SMB, honestly. It's the most sophisticated, and it's the one that draws on the most number of disciplines. And so um, what I wanted to share with everybody is something exciting, which is, and I hope you can see my desktop now, you can see the M21 option strategy there, John? I can, yep. Okay, great. So December is a month where we try to give everybody a break, and there's a reason for that. You're planning 2020, you're starting to think about next year, and this is a really great time to give yourself a Christmas present and really dig in understand the M21 uh, strategy and set yourself up for really upping your game in 2020 as far as options trading. Uh, so um, it's used by guys on our trading desk. It's the ultimate in trade planning for advanced market neutral options traders. You're not going to find anything more sophisticated than this out in the market. Um, and this, this way you can really set yourself up to be a professional trader in 2020, not just a rule follower of strategies. So normally, and I, I this this course took three days to film, um, and it was bumper to bumper during that period of time. This at 1875, this is the greatest deal on the planet as far as the the amount of material you're getting per dollar you're spending, and we're actually reducing that to 1495 uh, for the um, month of December up until December 22nd, the Sunday before Christmas. That is a, you know, that's a huge reduction on the course itself. Now, remember, the course assumes that you have the bearish butterfly M3 and the rock strategies, and you have a basic understanding of them. And so a lot of the people on the call today own some of those. Uh, we'll get into that in, the, in a minute. But if you own none of them, but you're really excited about what John has to say, this is the greatest opportunity all year. Trust me, um, uh, we are cutting it. Look, look how much that the total is cut. If you went in and bought these 
programs individually, it would be $6,100. We're cutting it down to $39.95 for you until December 22nd. So it's, it's an amazing deal. Now, it, however, you may own one of these. Let's say you own the Bearish Butterfly, or you own the Bearish Butterfly and the M3, or you own some combination of these prerequisites for the M21. Then I want to show you what you want to do. You want to go to smbtraining.com slash M21. Let me go backwards here. It's smbtraining.com slash blog slash M21. Once you get there, you go down here to order the M21. And then when you do that, you will see, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see what I talked about, the M21 course itself, the three-day course where John pulls all of his teachings together, basically, $14.95. All, all four courses, Bearish Butterfly, Rock, M, uh, M3, and M21, $39.95. If you already own the Bearish Butterfly, but you don't have the other three, we have a price for that. If you already own the M3, you don't own the other three. We have a price for that. If you own if you own the Bearish Butterfly and the M3, but you don't have the Rock and you don't have M21, we have a price for that. If we didn't state your case, there are too many combinations and permutations to name here. If we didn't name your case, don't worry. Click on the Contact Us button. Go here, and then you can either call or send an email. Or I guess you could drop in at 16th floor, 853rd Avenue. I don't really recommend that unless it's a Wednesday when I'm up there, but you certainly can do that. These other two are very viable alternatives for you to contact us uh, if, if one of those options was not shown here. Okay, so um, that is the offering. It's, a, it's an unbelievable, this is an unbelievable deal. If you basically want to get super cheap, all of John's stuff that culminates in the M21, um, you're not going to find a better opportunity around. Now, I want to get back to uh, something else, which is if you buy before December 22nd, if you buy before December, and that's actually wrong, I'm sorry, um, ignore that. This is the correct URL. We'll go over that in a minute. Um, John is going to be doing a free one-hour member exclusively for every owner of the M21. So you've got to buy it if you want to get in on this, but you've got to get in on this before December 22nd when the sale ends. So John is going to present the M21 in action. He's going to give another example like he did today, uh, planning straight through an M21 trade, giving you all of his reasoning. Uh, Etc. And you can you can see just how powerful that is. Now we're going to give people some time. It's a it's a complicated course, and you're going to it's going to take you some time. So we are not going to be doing the uh, session until March 25th. But believe me, you're going to have your hands full reviewing the material between now and then. Anyway, so March 24th at 4:30 p.m., John is going to um, give a special presentation for those who bought the course before December 22nd, 2020, sorry, 2019. So um, I'm sorry, and this is also a mistake. Boy, I'm full of mistakes today. This, it, the discounts expired December 22nd, 2019. My apologies. Um, and uh, again, you have to go to smbtraining.com slash blog slash M21 in order to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Now, to make it even more amazing, if you join the Options Tribe, and you get a copy of all the recordings we've done, which is now over 400 options webinars and the PowerPoints that go along with them, uh, like the one that John presented today. You get 5% off of all OptionsTribe.com video and mentoring courses as long as you uh, are a member in good standing prior to your purchasing the product. And even if the product is on sale, such as the M21 and related strategies for the year. We also have a 10 a.m. Monday morning meeting. goes on for about 15 or 20 minutes, uh, and we uh, get one of the traders from our trading desk to talk about what trades he's got on. John is on there periodically, as well as uh, MI. Uh, it's only 30 bucks a month, so it's a really good deal, and obviously that would pay for itself many, many times over if you bought the, for example, the full M21 package, and you got 5% off of that. That's a little bit less than 200 bucks, 
and that's a lot of months of optionstribe.com premium. Um, and it's a month-to-month -month, uh, uh, membership, by the way. So go to optionstribe.com to join. Next week, December 17th, during the sale of the M21, we're going to have Bubba Horowitz. He's coming back because a lot of people wanted to learn more about how he trades double diagonals. So he's going to do a deep dive into double diagonals December 17th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So before you turn off your computers tonight, I want you to all go to smbtraining.com slash blog slash m21. Check out the, all the courses, learn a lot more about them, and give yourself an opportunity to really up your game as a trader in 2020 uh, by uh, tapping into this amazing resource. So smbtraining.com slash blog slash m21. John, you still there? I'm still here. Okay, so you're probably blushing from all the wonderful things I said about your courses, but that's all right. You you deserve it. Uh, at, you know, you remember as well as I do the taping of those courses uh, five six years ago. It was an absolutely you know amazing dynamic environment where um, there are workshops in the middle of the course where uh, John pulls the group together and we film the group um, proposing plans for an upcoming uh, time period. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's more like a workshop than a course, but it's really both. It's all of the above and uh, it's just so much material. It's, it's ridiculous. I can't say enough about it. So thanks everybody. We will catch up with all of you next week, December 17th for Bubba Horowitz, taking a deep dive into the double diagonals and head on over to smbtraining.com slash blog slash N21 and check it, check it out. John, thanks a million. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.